Um, <clears throat> how many know when you walk into when you walk into a restaurant? Love walking into restaurants. Ah, Pam's a great cook too, but love walking into restaurants. We we went we walked into some amazing restaurants in Italy. Wow, but anyways, um, oh now my mouth is watering. <clears throat> um, when you walk into a restaurant, you can tell within minutes, like probably even less than a minute, you can tell by the atmosphere in the room what kind of restaurant this is. Right? You can tell the, we'll call it the vibe, the atmosphere of the room. You can tell, is this, is this a, uh, you know, is this a stuffy restaurant? Is this a fun restaurant? Is this a, you know, you can, you can tell the atmosphere in the room, right? And, uh, I really believe that that is true of, I mean, we can often tell that in any room. We walk it, we go to visit a family and we can tell the atmosphere in the home, right? And that is, that is true on a kind of sensory level, an emotional level as we walk into those environments. It's even more true when we walk into spiritual environments and we sense the atmosphere the spiritual atmosphere I've I've driven into cities and almost immediately sensed without even talking to anyone yet sensed the spiritual atmosphere of that city sometimes it's it's almost tangible you can sense the spiritual atmosphere in a in a in a region in a city in a church, right? You've got the collective influences, the collective spirits, collective strongholds in a region, in a city, or in a church. Is the Holy Spirit the spirit that rules, or is it another spirit? If demonic spirits are allowed to set the tone of an environment, it will feel very different than if the area is permeated by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so you can have oppressive spiritual environments or free-feeling spiritual environments. Healthy spiritual environments or toxic spiritual environments. Light Joy-filled, you know, just light spiritual environments or heavy. Empowering spiritual environments where it's all about helping one another succeed. Or controlling spiritual environments where it's making sure nobody does anything we don't want them to do. Right? Grace-filled spiritual environments. Or judgmental spiritual environments, joyful spiritual environments, or negative spiritual environments. You you tracking with me? Right? And um, a big part of 
big part of that has to do with, with this topic of unity that we want to, that I really believe God wants to speak to us about today. It may, it may seem strange, but, but a church can intend to lift up the name of Jesus, can gather every week to worship Him, can intend to do the work of reaching its city for the sake of the gospel, and yet be dominated by spirits other than the Spirit of God. A church is a collection of people, right? People who, when they gather, bring everything they've allowed into their lives through the week with them on Sundays. So if a, if a majority of people in the church are truly in love with Jesus and longing to be filled by His Spirit and led by Him, then the church will likely be dominated by the Holy Spirit and you'll feel it the moment you walk into one of their gatherings. But if a church has, has enough people who are dabbling in sin, who are offended with one another, or have unforgiveness or bitterness in their hearts, then even though they come together to worship Jesus, the spiritual atmosphere will be poisoned by demonic spirits that sit on all of that offense and bitterness. They've been given legal room and legal rights, legal access because of the offense and the bitterness The result will be that the worship will be poisoned by it. And the attempts to make a difference in the community for the gospel will be tainted by it. And again, you will feel it when you walk into the room. The sense won't match the words. We can say all the right words, but it doesn't matter what we say matters what the environment is. I mean, it matters what we say, but you know what I mean. The devil is an opportunist. He will use every chance he gets to sow bitterness and offense in people's hearts, and he will use every chance he gets to sow division in the church. The devil's worst nightmare is a church united for a kingdom purpose. The devil's worst nightmare. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. People are not ever our enemies. But sometimes well-meaning people who let themselves slide into criticism and negativity because they've been offended, can become carriers for the devil's divide-and-conquer plan. 
Our words, folks, are powerful. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18.21 We either build others up with our words or we tear them down. And when we build people up, we are functioning in the kingdom of God. When we tear others down with our words, we are actually doing the devil's work. Revelation 12 says that the devil is the accuser of the brothers and sisters, accusing them night and day before God. And when we sling accusation and criticism at our brothers and sisters, we are aligning ourselves with the kingdom of darkness. So I want us to read together one of the most important passages about unity in all of Scripture. Psalm 133, and this is from the English Standard Version. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. I want us to walk through this passage today. As we think about the, the, the importance of unity in the body of Christ. So first of all, want us to think about heavenly atmosphere. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It changes the atmosphere. Good, pleasant. A place you want to hang out. A place you want to be. A place that pulls you in because it's just so fun, so enjoyable, so life-giving, right? People may not be able to describe it consciously, but, but they, they know the atmosphere when they sense it. The effect of the opposite, the effect of division, is not just a little less good and pleasant, but it's actually destructive and poisonous. The witness of a church in the community is destroyed very quickly by division. We say we are all about love. And the world is watching to see if we mean it. Right? We say we're about love. The world is watching to see what, if we mean it. And if we prove that we don't mean it, then any voice we had to speak into people's lives is lost. 
The thing we've heard the most, probably all of you, as you've talked to people about church or talked to people about Jesus, the thing we often hear the most as a criticism of the church is that the church is full of hypocrites, right? You've heard it. You know why I think the world is so quick to point out our hypocrisy and our lack of real love? I think it's because they were really hoping that the things we talk about could actually be true. They were hoping that there really is a community where they could belong. They were hoping there really is a place where they could go and would be loved and accepted with all of their goofiness and imperfections and not be judged. They were hoping that the kind of community we say we are could be possible. The one thing that we hear Jesus, we get a window into his prayer, that we hear Jesus praying for us is for unity. In John 17, verses 20 to 23, it says this. My prayer is not for them alone, just for his apostles, the ones that are there, right there on that, at that night. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. I think that's us, right? That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Pause there for a moment. There's more I want to read, but isn't that interesting? Jesus didn't just pray for any kind of unity. He prayed for the same kind of unity that he has with the Father. Do you think Jesus and the Father ever duked it out over how they were going to reach a nation or, right? Walk in complete unity. Preferring one another, right? May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me and that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that, everybody say so that, they may be brought to complete unity Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Our unity is the key to the world knowing who Jesus is. Our unity is vital to the anointing and authority that we walk in as a church. It's a little hard to see there maybe, but um, the next verse in, in Psalm 133, it is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. 
this picture of oil pouring on Aaron's head, down his beard, the edge of his clothes. Just sounds really strange, doesn't it? Kind of gross, right? Anybody want to take a shower in olive oil this morning? Right? Kind of gross. But Aaron is not just some guy. He was the first high priest of Israel. Right? And when David writes these words, David was the psalmist that wrote Psalm 133, and when he writes these words 500 years after Aaron lived, he wasn't actually just talking about Aaron. He was talking about the spiritual anointing and authority that comes when God's people walk in unity. David knew what he was talking about. During his reign... There were three times people tried to split the kingdom. He knew the difference between working under the anointing of a unified kingdom and the damage and destruction caused by division. He knew what he was talking about. There was a reason why the book of Acts says that it was when the disciples were in one accord that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Their unity was the prerequisite for the power and authority that fell on the church. And there's a reason why Luke continues throughout the book of Acts to emphasize the unity of the church as he writes about how the power of God flowed through the church in the early days. It's also a reason why the Apostle Paul tells us to work hard at keeping the unity in the church. Ephesians 4, verses 2 to 6. Be completely humble and gentle. Anybody got that one down? Right? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Be completely humble and gentle. That means none of us should assume that we're right. And even when we are, gentleness says that we are still kind and full of grace with one another. Be patient, he says, bearing with one another in love. That means, what does it mean to bear with someone? Right? Put up with stuff we don't like. Because love rules. 
Love is more important. Unity is more important than me getting what I like. So bearing with one another in love means sometimes we need to learn to put up with stuff we don't like. And we either have an open, honest conversation with someone if something's bugging us, with that person, not everyone else. We either have the conversation or we put up and get over it. Right? We bear with it. Stewing about it, grumbling to others about it, gossiping about it, all of those things way out of bounds. Right? If there are things to work out, Paul is saying, if there are things to work out, then we work them out in open, honest conversation with the person we need to talk to. Not in secretive conversations with board members in the corner or with each other in the parking lot. But we go to the person who has wronged us, we go to the person we need to have a conversation with, and we work it out. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. This passage gives all of us the responsibility for guarding the unity of our church. So if you hear someone saying divisive things, ask them to stop. If you hear someone talking about someone instead of to them about an issue, then challenge them to do the braver thing and to deal with it properly. Elsewhere, Paul had even stronger words to say about division. Titus 3.10, he said, Warn a divisive person once, then warn them the second time, and after that have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. Ouch. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 16 and 17. Paul says this in the context of, of dealing with division and disunity in the church in Corinth. Folks, this isn't a new thing, right? Paul had to deal with it right in the first three chapters of, of, of the, the letter of the Corinthians. And in that context, he says... Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Collectively, not individually, collectively. Plural. You yourselves are God's temple. And that God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. And you together are that temple. You are sacred. Evangel church family is sacred. Not this building. Glad we have the building. It's not the building that's sacred. It's you. It's us. 
that's sacred. And the building has importance when the church gathers in the building. We are the temple. We need to guard the unity in the body. There is nothing more vital to the survival and anointing of a church than its unity. And I don't know if you understand how important this church is to northern New Brunswick. But we are a kingdom outpost that that not only must continue to exist, but must, must be filled with all the power of God that we can grab onto because our community needs and deserves a church on fire with the Spirit of God. And we must guard our unity. Serving in unity. <clears throat> it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. That has to do with a bunch of Middle Eastern geography that may, we might not have a clue what's going on there. But the only reason Israel is not a desert is because of the moisture that comes from Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is north of Israel. It is the highest mountain in the region. And without that mountain, there would be no Jordan River. The headwaters of the Jordan River begin at the foot of Mount Hermon from the water that comes down the mountain. So without that mountain, there would be no Jordan River. There would be no Sea of Galilee. Without the rains and the mist that drift down through the Jordan Rift Valley from the north, from Mount Hermon, this land would not be fertile. And David is saying that the people of God working together in unity brings refreshing and life everywhere we go. Unity does that. Our unity is not, folks, our unity is not because we all have the same political opinions, because we don't. Anybody notice that during COVID? Right? We don't. And it's okay. It doesn't come because we all have the same hobbies or like the same hockey teams. Go Sens. I know I'm alone on that. It's okay. Our unity doesn't come because we like the same music or eat the same food. Our unity comes from our love for Jesus, our gratitude for His grace and all that He's done for us. And because we have the same mission. It is our mission for Jesus that, 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 that gives us our unity. When a, when, a, when a sports team 
let's, let's take hockey. All right, when a sports team goes out on the ice, um, does it matter in that moment whether the guys in the locker room liked the same snacks or, or you know, like the same music or get along on, you know, the, the whether, I don't know, whether, whether they, yeah, like the same political leaders or they voted for Trump or they voted for Biden or who they voted for? Does, it, does, that, does any of that matter? When they're on the ice, what matters is getting the puck in the net. And all of the differences are laid aside because this is what matters to the team. We are on a team, folks. We lay aside our differences and we say we're all about one mission. The other stuff we lay aside. Or we have conversations about it. We exist as a church family not for ourselves, but for the world. I don't know if we always remember that. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for the world. That needs to hear about Jesus. And if we've got time to think about what we like and what we don't like and what, you know, what we... In, about church, then, I, then we probably miss the point that the church doesn't exist for me. What I like or don't like doesn't really matter a whole lot. We can have conversations about it. We can have dialogue about it. But it really doesn't matter a whole lot. The church exists to bring people together for the sake of the mission. The world needs to know what Jesus has done for them. And if we're Busy doing what we're here to do, we won't have time to sit around and pick each other apart. And if we can get on the same page, working at the same things for the same reason, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to turn our region upside down for the sake of the gospel. There's no reason. There were 120 people in unity on the day of Pentecost, God set them loose on the world and the world has never recovered. There are over 120 people that call this church their family. We are the best news the world can hear if we can walk together in unity. We can be a refreshing cup of cold water to our city if we walk together in unity. And if we needed one more reason to lay down our personal agendas and work hard at unity, God commands His blessing on unity. There's a guaranteed blessing that comes from unity. It's like a lightning rod for God's presence and power. 
God, you can trust us because we will, we will guard our unity and we will walk together in the mission you've called us to do. And there's a lightning rod that goes up to heaven that, that brings, that commands blessing on the church. Walking in disunity will rob us from the fullness of what God has for us. We will only experience the fullness of His presence, the full level of miracles that He longs to do among us, the fullness of His provision, the full level of salvation breakthrough He desires for us to see as we walk in unity. Let's stand. Folks, we got a big job to do. We got a city so desperately in need of hope, so desperately in need of the gospel. We can't fumble the ball because we're worried about looking at each other instead of keeping our minds in what we're here to do. So what is the answer? If, if we have lost out, if we've robbed ourselves, if we've hindered our anointing because of division in our hearts, how do we fix it? God's answer is always humility and repentance. Humility and repentance. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Folks, I'm calling us today Got lots of time. We're at least 15 minutes earlier than we often end the service. We've got lots of time this morning. You're not going to let us off easy. I'm not going to pray a quick prayer and send you home. I want us to take 10 minutes wait on God let the spirit of God speak to our hearts and all of us say God root out in me I don't, I don't want my agenda I want your agenda
I don't want anything hindering fullness of what God wants for this church. The ladies are going to lead us quietly. Just a song of surrender. You can sing. But I encourage you, maybe before you you start singing, just let the Spirit of God speak to your heart. Let's let's take some freedom in this room. If you want to walk around, if you want to come kneel, if you want to just just if you want to kneel where you are, just take a few minutes. Turn this room into a prayer room. If you're a visiting guest and and you don't you're not into that whole prayer thing, don't be freaked out. Just have a seat. Enjoy the music. Enjoy the presence of God in this place. But let's take a few moments and just say, God, do in me what you need to do. I repent any way that I'm causing a break in the unity of our church. Come have your way in me.
shake up the ground of all my tradition break down the walls of all my religion your way is better your way is better shake up the ground of all my tradition break down the walls of all my religion your way is better your way is better shake up the ground of all my tradition break down the walls of all my religion your way is better your way is better and i will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to and i will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to and i will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to and i will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to father i thank you for the apostolic calling that you have for Evangel Pentecostal Church in this city of Bathurst and in the region that we live in. I thank you, God, for the plans and purposes that you have spoken over this church from before its inception, before its beginning. I thank you, God, for the gospel call that is on this church to reach the world with the hope of Christ. I thank you, God, for the mission that we have and the people that you have brought together. Every single one of them is vital, God. Every single one of us is vital to the carrying out and the accomplishing of the mission. God, I pray your, your breakthrough power upon this church, God. I pray that you would move in anointing, that you would pour out your spirit upon us, that God, we would get out of the way so that you can do what you long to do, God, through us. God, I pray that you would show us, God, in our own hearts, any way that we are standing in the road, we are standing in the way of what you want to do, and that, God, you would move in us, you would move through us, that you would, God, truly bring us into unity, that, God, we would be reminded and encouraged what the love of Christ is all about, that we would walk in love and unity, that we would serve one another, love one another, uh, prefer one another, encourage one another, strengthen one another. God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon us, God, to accomplish these things. God, you have called us, you have anointed us, you've poured out your spirit. God, this is a year, this is a year of harvest. This is a year of harvest. God, may we not 
poison the harvest, but may we be workers in the harvest field. Shoulder to shoulder. May we make one another better. Bring together all of our eccentricities and our weirdness of all of us and our perspectives and our values and our opinions and use it all, God, to make us better, that we would be strong in you, that we would be united in you, that we would do the work you've called us to do, not in our wisdom, but in the power of your Spirit. God, you have planted us as individuals, as families, in neighborhoods and workplaces and schools and places of influence where, God, you want us to shine brightly for Jesus. God, may the world look at us and say, I want what they've got. There really is a place at Evangel where I can belong, where I can be loved, where I can be received, where I can find hope and life and peace. God, may we have that reputation in our community. Pour out your Spirit upon us, we pray. We call upon you, God. Prepare us. Put our house in order so that, God, we are ready for the outpouring of your Spirit, so that we're ready to go into the harvest field and make a difference. God, I thank you for this family. I thank you for every part, every member, every person in this family. I pray your peace and your joy, your love and your righteousness and your goodness be worked out in each one of us, God. You are so good. You are so patient. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. I... Uh, going to ask the ladies just to continue to do what they're doing for a few more moments and if you'd like to stay and linger maybe you need to have a, a conversation with someone to clear the air whatever it is but if you would like to stay and just just soak in the lord's presence and welcome you to do that if you'd like to visit please do so in the lobby but just let's let's take some time to just wait on the lord